um, and recent news with Texas and that Ukraine stuff. What like that? That's one thing. But I want I want to bring up Texas. Um, yeah. If you if there are bills like that in your own state. Um, educate yourself on the bills on what's going on um, kind of find out who put up the bills contact your state senator representative uh, within your within your state if it's stuff is happening uh, there's one came up in Delaware uh, last week that I think will probably get shot down because we, we have pretty good protections here but again again you never know what will happen so just what a bunch of hot garbage, man. Yeah. And it's the part of Delaware like it came from. It's like, yeah, of course it came from that part. I, yeah. I'm not surprised. I, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if somebody in California floated because we've got all these like conservative nests down here in the area where I live. Apparently it's like uh there's one at least one in every state right now. Cool. You know, uh I think that it's very important for people who are not trans to stand up against this stuff because we it's it's not just about allyship like it's about the future and uh, you don't want to end up eaten by pigs like the guy from no. Pigsty, right? For being ambivalent about everything that's going on. The trans people obviously We'll be out there marching and stuff like that, but we need to be there out there showing our support as much yeah. as we can. All right. So, hello and welcome to uh, Shoot a Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. Tra la la. I am Spencer, and with me is. I am also Spencer, but you can call me Joel. Tra la la. All right. So, this is. Uh, kind of unplanned but once i realized uh what what anniversary it was i realized well we have to do this yeah it's a special it's a special anniversary yes it is uh this will come out march 5th 2022 the 100th uh birthday of pier paolo pasolini I mean, is it, yeah, I. that's so funny. Like, I felt like I knew how to say his name last year. For some reason, I've just been saying it so often, now I just stumble on it. Like, uh, obviously, nobody can see this but you and I, but when I put, <laughs> when I put mm-hmm. the name of the session, it's like, Pasolini? Yeah, that's fine, whatever. Pier? Pier. Pier Pio. Pier. Yeah, it's a, it, it feels like a, a, a made-up name, that like uh, like a pseudonym, but. It wasn't. This guy. Yeah. So, uh, what do you know about this guy? Because I don't really know. You know, we've we've kind of mentioned some stuff over the times, but do, you, like, uh, what was? Do you know anything about like gr- him growing up and schools he went to and anything like that? Uh, basic things. He came from. I'm gonna double check if I believe it was a a, a military. His dad was military. I want to double check. That. Yes. Okay. Yeah. His dad. His dad was military. Carlo. Alber- Carlo Alberto Pasolini. Mm-hmm. And uh, they. I, I want to get too into weeds into this because there's there are multiple books about his life. But um, let's not kind of cover the important thing. Um, important things. So he was born 
1922, so that means by the time World War II happened, he would have been a grown adult. And he didn't serve, he was a teacher. Mm-hmm. And, or worked at school. But I, I, I've had a busy day, so I, I didn't have time to really organize everything that much. No, um, don't, don't worry about it. I, yeah. I, I sprung this on you like you sprung it on me that I need to watch 16 movies. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, during, during the war, his, his younger brother joined the Socialist Party. And... The Socialist Party? Anyway, his family, they were leftists. Uh, and, yes, his brother joined the Socialist Party, the Party of Action. And his brother was killed in an ambush by pro-fascist um, forces in 1945. Mm. And that's one of the things that really hardened his um, uh, stance on leftism and communism. And the thing that yeah. really pushed him towards it was, because before that he was, like a lot of, like a lot of people in Italy, you know, casually fascist, like... You know, it's just what what he grew up with. So, so it's like it's it's what's happening. So, yeah, it's it's like how uh, in American schools we all come out being a, at least uh, for the first like fifth until fifth grade we all come out being like, well, of course America's great. That's all. That's all I know. You know, I got the pledge of allegiance, man. And then you know your eyes start to open a little bit later. Hmm. Okay. Every country is complicated. <laughs> exactly. And in 1942, uh, uh, Pasolini, he went to Germany. Uh, I can't remember exact reason. And when he went to Germany and saw, like, the fascism there, he was like, wait a second. Maybe this is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Some, something about these Nazis. Yeah, and that was, like, that and his brother being killed by the... Uh, fascist forces kind of really pushed him into like the 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 leftist stuff that eventually got him in trouble and that's around the time he uh, apparently had I can't remember phrasing so his his first homosexual attraction mm. which uh, which I guess that's I guess that would fit because he uh, it's Italy it's very Catholic it's very it's it's kind of that weird double-edged sword thing of it's being of super repressed but also being super religious not super repressed um like super out there because like italy is like italian comedy is very body and sexual and so like you know like culturally like sex is is frowned upon but it's also acceptable do you know don't what i'm getting at yeah because it's like a large catholic country and so you know, everyone knows that things are going around. Like, if it's men and women, everyone turns their turns their face in the direction. You know, so they're not seen. But yeah, men and men. I mean, it says in the Bible. Yeah, but uh, in the in the the book of the, that book, Bible also says, "Don't eat shellfish and don't get haircuts." Hold on a second. Sorry. Okay. My my favorite rules from the which ones did you say you're not supposed to have? Who are you talking to? I'm talking to you. What am I supposed to have? You said in the Bible you're not supposed to do oh, something. In Leviticus, where people say like that's where it says don't be gay, which 
there, there's other context around like the whole Tower of Babel shit. So, um, but um, so, so, no, Sodom and Gomorrah, that's what it is. No, but uh, haircuts and shellfish. Yeah. It also says don't eat eagles, not camels, because, you know, the only certain kind of hooves, right? And then yeah, it says anyone who gets a tattoo, that's oh, yeah. a sin against God. Yeah, it's... I, well, well, to go off that tangent, I find, like, the Jewish mythology aspects of the Bible really interesting when you get into like the like the creatures and the angels like the Old Testament angels are kind of fucking terrifying yeah no, I, I used to have I used to have like a recurring dream when I was uh, a Christian <laughs> that uh, an angel was like blocking me from going somewhere and it was like a it was like a wheel it was weird. It was like a wheel with eyeballs and different mouths, and yeah, it was scary. Oh, yeah, like yeah. it was a dream version too. So, oh yeah, and that, that's like a that's a, like an old school like Old Testament angel. Like in the old, in the paintings and portraits, it's like they're like gorgeous white people. But if you read the like the the Bible text, it's like it's made of wings and eyeballs, and it yep. just screams at you. And it's like this is this isn't like human at all this is terrifying this is not <laughs> one of the relaxing my angel can you send one of those little ones with the bow and arrow please oh god that's horrible too yeah and like in the I think it's Daniel like he has a vision of four beasts and one of the beasts is like a leopard with with a wings and four heads and it's like that stuff is just so cool and fascinating mm. the, yeah I there's something about that um that aspect of the religion you know what the jewish practices like it feels legitimate in in a weird way that sometimes christianity doesn't and well i feel i feel weird saying that but like i don't know just like just like there are christians that are hardcore you know monks that live in the things and all they do is pray and sing for most of the day I feel like a larger population of the Jewish people, it's like, yeah, that's, it's not unordinary for us to be hardcore into our religion. It's, it's, it's everything for us. Hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. We're supposed to be talking about Pasolini here. <laughs> it's relevant because religion shows up in all those movies pretty much. What are you talking about? Uh, they might be a little bit religious. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and uh, okay. So one more, a couple things. Uh, uh, this is all. This year is the Godfather's fiftieth anniversary, and one of Pasolini's regulars, Franco Cidi, he's in Akatone, and he's the demon in Arabian Nights. He has a bit part as one of the wasteland people, mm. and um the um. Tralala, a pigsty. Mm. He, yeah, that that demon was crazy. Yeah, I love the demon. It was like it was so simple, but it was like incredibly effective. Yeah, that guy was it. Um, yeah, anyway, he's in the he's in the Godfather one and two, I believe. Does he mm. does he play Marlon Brando? 
know. I saw I saw people talk. I saw a thing with that. I was looking him up. Yeah. Uh, Kahlo? He's one of Sicilian guys, I guess. I I don't remember the Sicilian oh, okay. Sicily part of the Godfather. That's when he like gets married to that other lady, and then they blow her up in the car. Yeah. Spoiler for the Godfather. <laughs> Yes, and the other main cast member guy I want to bring up because this ties into Pasolini's life is uh, Nanito Davoli. He's the guy with the curly hair. Yeah, he was. I noticed him uh, in Arabian Nights, and then right after in Pigsty, I'm like, "Hey, I know that guy." Yeah, they were lovers, and uh, he and Pasolini, and uh, Pasolini was 26 years older than him. Mm. Yeah, is he still alive? Uh, yes, uh, Nanito is still alive. Giovanni is his real name. Nanito is his, his actor name. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. He was also... He's in the Pasolini movie with uh, Willem Dafoe. Oh. I didn't realize that was Abel Ferreira. That's crazy. Uh, his late era stuff is just like pure art film, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and... Well, and uh, Nanito has a few children because uh, uh, he is uh, uh, presumably bi. I don't know how he identifies, but he married a woman, has children with the woman, and they are one same, na- named uh, Pier Paolo after his uh, his mentor slash lover that he had, mm-hmm. and uh, one's named Guido after Pasolini's brother who was killed during World War II. I guess it was a big part of his life. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to, like, cast judgment, but the age gap thing, like, Nanito was, like, 16 or 17 when they first met. And, like, according to him, fell in love. (laughs) Right. It's, I mean, he, you, watching these two movies that we watched in preparation, you can see the guy has a type, and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this guy fits right yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and again, like, look at, look, from from perspective now, like, you can't help but think, like, was there, like, grooming involved? But, like, also, he was, like, seven, he was almost legally an adult, like, well, in American terms, so, like, I don't I, know. Me, Who knows? I don't even. I don't even know what the age of consent in Italy at that time would have been. Anyways, you know, yeah, they, that is they true. have different rules. Yeah, and so yeah, it's past, still it's still it's weird. Still weird. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, so uh, one of the uh, so like and also throughout uh, Pasolini's career, he really had several novels published, several books of poetry several um plays he, he kind of did a little bit of everything he had he uh, was editor of a communist magazine until the the government had to government or police had to shut them down for being too leftist or some, probably like you know, being too leftist it's italy that's what they that's what they did yeah and uh his first book of poetry was 19 he published was 40 1942 so he was 20 years old which Apparently it 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 was well received. Like the prominent pe- critics at the time liked it, 
and his first novel was 1955, uh, Ragazzi di Vita, which I kind of curious space office movies what his novels are like if they're as uh, say if they're as if they're as Pasolini. Yes, I would say expressionistic, but I realize I don't know what that word means. Impressionistic, yeah. That's a hmm. I mean, if it's like impressionism, then it's it's not the object; it's a facsimile of the object in a you know that that doesn't make any sense. You know what impressionism is, and if you don't, you should learn because it's cool to know stuff. Yes. And see early, you later. <laughs> and uh, he worked on a uh, Fellini movie, one we will not cover, because I'll be frank about Fellini. I've seen a couple of his movies. I like them, but I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I don't have much to say about this that hasn't been said already. It's Fellini. People like he's influential, but it's not really yeah. for me. Nobody, nobody has. N- Anyone who's done a you know a classy a, a quote unquote classy movie podcast has already talked to death about Fellini and his his influences and who he influenced and stuff like that. I I, I kind of feel the same way except um, he's like the, the, yeah the, he's a, he's at least the ones I've seen like, like are very comfortable. I see a talent. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I haven't seen anything well, by <laughs> Fellini that I was like fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I haven't gotten a, his head for, uh, up his ass too much with Fellini yet, but so far it's like I like this; it's enjoyable. Like there's mag- there are like magical moments here and there, but mm. I don't know. It's like I'm more interested it, it, in other people. It's hard not to like a movie with uh, Mas- Mastriani. What, what is that? What his name is? Marcello. Marcello. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. I was say. Oh yeah. So uh, Pasolini worked on the dialogue for *Night at Cab- Cabrea*. *Night at Cabrea*. I always forget the name title. It's the one that *Sweet Charity*, the musical, is an American version of. Charity. Sweet, Sweet Charity. The oh, Bob *Sweet Fosse, Charity*. *Fosse* musical. It's Sweet uh, an American Charity. version of a Fellini movie. Okay. Uh, based on Knights of Cabiria. That's it. Knights of Cabiria. Ooh. That's cool. Yeah, which is the reason I've almost watched it several times, but every time, like, hmm. uh, it, I can put off Fellini. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good. All of his stuff. It's like, yep, get it out there again. Uh, produced by Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah. It's I I think it's a shame people only associate him with trash, for the mm. most part now when he kind of did everything. No, yeah, he's he's responsible for some of the best things and like some of the hidden object things. But everyone's like, oh, I'll think of all the stupid horror movies. He was a producer on Orca. <laughs> like, okay, he, he did do good stuff. <laughs> Orca's fucking depressing. I'm not even gonna. I Don't. I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If, if you're sensitive to like animal sadness, it's just like, man, it, it, it's a depressing movie. 
Is it more it's, sensitive than Free Willy? It's like what Free Willy, um, Free Willy's wife and like baby were killed by. Oh uh, my god! And you and you get to see the murder. And it's like I want to see this. And then he goes on a rampage trying to track down the people who did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's the the. <laughs> story of a father seeking <laughs> revenge basically it's, it's like it's death wish <laughs> it's death wish but yep. orca death wish pray for death with uh shokashugi is that what his name is yeah uh something like that tail is all this time yeah but it's just so much more upsetting because it's an animal it's like i don't i don't want this yeah i mean with, with bronson it's hilarious though with this it's like this upsetting. Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up watching Disney movies where the one of the adult animals inevitably dies, you know, like Bambi's mother or Lion King, or that might be it, but <laughs> like, I don't want to watch one. No. If a human said, I'll relate to that, but an animal, I'm just going to cry. <laughs> yeah, I can't, like, Bambi... No, the bear attack is Fox and the Hound. I remember that being fucking terrifying as a kid. I I blocked, you know, the bear was scary. I think I blocked it. Yeah, oh uh, no, he died in Beverly Hills. Who? De Laurentiis. No. Uh, wrong real uh, guy, James Hancock, was a, a, a crew person on Hannibal and got to hang out with Dino De Laurentiis. And he mm-hmm. said he always had a, a much younger, attractive woman with him, and uh, he spent uh, a bunch, of, uh, a big chunk of time making sure he could watch soccer when he <laughs> when he you know was done with movie stuff for the day. Yep. Only the best. Yeah, he only has good things to say about Dino. Actually, like nothing, n- nothing like crazy or like this. He's an old man. He liked he liked women, and he liked soccer. And uh, you know, as long as you kept him happy, production went fine. Yep. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, uh, instead of covering you know, like Sala, which is the one that everyone talks about, and some shows do it better than others, it's kind of turned into like the gross-out movie. It's like, no, it's actually it's a real movie. It's legitimately really, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems to be the only one that people watch, I, I've come to notice. And uh, so I didn't want to cover that one. And the Gospel According to St. Matthew will be a whole separate episode because I have two kind of perfect guests for it to talk about the, like, the spiritual, political stuff of it. And That's I cool. I want to talk about the religion. <laughs> You're going down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, so I want to tackle some of the ones that aren't uh, as talked about. And so, Arabian Nights. I know it's basically the whole trilogy, trilogy of life is kind of not really discussed, and that the Arabian Nights is the conclusion to the trilogy of life which is the one I, I kind of notice people kind of are like, it's kind of the, 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 the least good ones. Mm. Which I, I only seen Arabian Nights and like of the six, I've 
Pasolini I've seen. It's I still like it a lot, but it's still the one I'm, I'm kind of like. The other ones are better, but this is like. It's still good, but it's just not as mm-hmm. good as everything else. Sure. And I uh, found it to be tedious. <laughs> yeah, I, I. Yeah, we'll get into it, but like I, I, I fluctuate between being it, t- uh, tedious and, and like, uh, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, very like not very interested. Uh, like, I'm, like, enraptured by it at parts, and other parts I'm just kind of, like, I like watching, I like the desert. I like the, de- it looks uh, looks pretty. I like the Marcona music, no, but. Yeah, I think that, like, the production is amazing. Like, all the actors they got and the, the locations they used and stuff like that, but, yeah. I get that. And Pigsty, one that's been on my list is for a while, and... Well, I'll say it. I might love it as much as Teorama, which is to me uh, yeah, almost re- perfect. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. Like, I was, as opposed to Arabian Nights, I was like with it the whole time. Yeah, but well, I guess I start with the 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 reason I think I connect with Arabian Nights is my favorite, uh, second favorite teacher. My first favorite teacher was a someone else. But my first, second favorite teacher was my literature professor at the first college I went to, and this would have been 12 years ago, actually, and we we read uh, parts of the Arabian Nights, and so I have nothing but positive memories of it and having in, in the class discussion of Arabian Nights, and so uh, I kind of, like, I really, I I like this, the parts of the book we read, I like like the, the story structure, I like the setting and like the mythology of it. Although I I, I don't know don't know if I want to say mythology of it because recently um, Nnedi Okorafor, she's a uh, Nigerian uh, American novelist. She uses a lot of uh, like uh, uh, like the uh, mythology stuff she grew up with. I don't sure think mythology. A lot of the like the cultural folklore stuff she grew up with. That people mm. in Nigeria, where she's from, her family's from, still take seriously. And I saw, and she corrected someone in a, in a review on Twitter saying, "Like this isn't mythology. This is real religion to people, to m- many people in Nigeria." So that's I'm kind of iffy on saying like the like the uh, Arabian mythology. mythology. Yeah, because right. I'm I'm sure there's still sects of people in uh, in the Middle East that still firmly believe fit in that religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, so I just, I just like the setting. I like and so I think I'm kind of biased towards liking any adaptation of the story because of how much I love that literature class. Yeah. However, that said, I, uh, this movie, it's just too long. I enjoyed it, but yeah. like it's just like Pasolini going over two hours is just like nah, it it doesn't work for him <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, I mean you're gonna have to explain because I don't know any I don't know any of the mythology and I found I found it difficult to find like or to follow. I think the main story was the 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 slave woman that mm-hmm. uh, has yes. the young man fire, and I was like. 
Okay. What's her name? Uh, the actress, yeah, Ines uh, Pellegrini. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, every story was like, and then they ran into a woman, and they had sex, and then they ran into a man, <laughs> a man and they had sex. And it's like, this sound, like, it sounds familiar. Like, I think I've read stuff where it's just like, they did this, and they go on. It's like, okay, like, that's a weird way to, maybe it's a mistranslation thing, but <laughs> for Pasolini, it was like, no, no, everybody gets down. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'll, um, I guess another thing, another thing I like about it, it's this is a rampant equal opportunity nudity because you oh, get definitely. a lot of naked ladies, a lot of boobs and bush, but you also get. I feel like you get more penis than anything else. I mean, yeah, like lots of lots of penises, lots of balls, <laughs> some even some erect penises at sometimes, which is. Why it's NC-17. Don't show it to your children if you were planning to. No. Yeah, so, but, uh, so, do, so do you know anything about the Arabian Nights um, uh, book, uh, whatever you call it, prose? I, I'm not sure what the correct phrase would be. Uh, no, I don't. Okay, so based off my memory, it's either a woman or like... Uh, a prisoner or something is going to be killed by the king, and it's the thousand one stories for a thousand one nights, right? That's yes. I can't it, say that person's name. <laughs> it goes by a couple different titles. It's kind of confusing. Yeah. I don't know why. Probably like racism is probably why they switched up the title so much over in the West. I'd imagine. Um. Yeah. So, and this person has to. Ha- makes a deal with the king, and the the deal is if if I can tell you a story that keeps you interested, then you can then will you spare my life for today? And so they keep mm. the story going for a thousand one nights. Yep, and then he kills her. No, I don't. I don't remember how it ends. I don't uh, think we really uh, talked about it. So that's where Aladdin. Oh, sorry. That's where Aladdin comes from. The Sinbad, uh, pirate. Uh, Swarly yep. character comes from that's where Alibaba and the 40 Thieves come from and there's other stories too but those are the three ones that seem to pop culture it's like oh these are the these these are cream, cream of the crop but I kind of been meaning to actually reread it to find other stuff because there I remember the less famous stuff that we mm. covered some of the lesser ones and I, I remember finding those more interesting in the text and then Alibaba and Aladdin. That's cool. Shahrazade. So, uh, the demon guy. Yes. That that must be a jinn, right? I would assume that's a jinn. Just they probably changed the demon because they probably assumed that uh, Westerners wouldn't know what a jinn is. What a jinn is, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there was surprising, surprisingly, no, I don't know. There wasn't any talk of like Allah, right? It was all no, all God, because again, God this I, and God that. I think they assumed Westerners wouldn't know what Allah is, right? And they might not want, you know. There's a bias against Islam, basically, any of the Western countries. So yeah. maybe they were afraid it wouldn't sell. 
Yeah, I'm sure the producers were like, we can make your like uh, your your penis Arabian movie, Pasolini, but we're we're gonna <laughs> have to like sanitize the religion stuff a little bit for for the uh, Europeans to get on board. Yeah. So, which one was your favorite story out of those? Uh, favorite story. Uh, I, I I love the the slave girl and um, the the poor boy. Who? Yeah. My memory was it's Aladdin, but it's like, oh, that's not Aladdin. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I thought that was Aladdin. Well, it's it. Uh, let's see what this guy messed up teeth boy. Um, uh, Franco. No, he's the most beautiful boy. Franco City or Franco oh. Miro? No, Mir- Franco Miro. Miro. No. Hey, 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 Thomas. I'm recording right now. All right. Yeah, he, you're in um, trouble. He, yeah, he's in Sallow. Is it? Bo- I think he might be the spoiler for Sallow. Like, you can't really spoil Pasolini movies. It's it's, yeah, because they're all things, <laughs> except for yeah. maybe Mama Roma, which is after seeing the other stuff that I've seen, mm. it's like that's actually kind of an odd movie for him because it's almost normal. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, Sallow. Uh, he. I think he's a kid at the end of the movie. One of the two boys who's dancing together, which is the whole inference of like, even though fascism, you know seem to have died with the World War Two. It's still going it's still going to happen. It will continue with the next generation. Mm. That sounds like White Ribbon shit. <laughs> uh, kind of. White Ribbon is actually pretty similar. It's like, what if Sallow but more tolerable? Yeah. Not nearly as upsetting. I found that movie upsetting, but like, and like, I wasn't ready for it when I watched it. I was like, "What the hell is going on? What is? This? Why is this a movie?" And now like that a, I've seen a bunch of stuff, I'm like, "Actually, that's pretty cool." Yeah, it's like the Arabian Nights structure of like it's a story kind of fading in and out of other stories, and uh, since I think that like the problem with the movie is. If you're not familiar with the structure of the Arabian Nights, you know, uh, yeah, thing, it will just be like this is this random nonsense. I don't get it, but it's like I I already knew, like what the structure was like. Oh yeah, it's this kind of like you weave in and out of stories, and it's just a, a it, the whole point is that it's a meandering tale. But like the problem right. is, I don't I don't think a lot of people now. Who would watch this movie are is really familiar with the A Thousand One Nights outside of Aladdin and the Sinbad movies from like the like the old like my dad used to love those movies as a kid like I think that's the only thing they would, people would really know about uh, mm. the Arabian Nights stories. Sinbad. Yeah, I think my favorite was the whole Aziz Aziza one. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that was one I could definitely follow. <laughs> one of the earlier <laughs> ones where, I don't know, like, groups of people were just like, will you come and join me? It's like, yeah, I will. And, like, those three dudes all like, will you come and join me? And for some reason later, they're hanging out and they're all naked. I'm like, what what's going on here? Well, it's all, part, the, of a, all part of a bet to see who's 
going to fuck the other one? Yeah. Well, he's trying to find the best, <laughs> the <laughs> best penis to to test it out. That that line he gives right before he climbs on top of the sleeping girl was really upsetting to me. Which is, if God wills it, it will happen. Like, yeah, yeah. how many people have used that as justification for a whole bunch of shit? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but then she jumps on him when he's sleeping. Right, that makes it okay, right? You know, she was into it. Yeah, I mean, it's a kink for some people, but I forgot, like, this is weird. Like, that, that's one of the things that, like, kind of took me out. I was like, oh, no, I, I, I regret making Joel watch this now once <laughs> when, when the guy got the girl first. Yes, you've ruined my innocence. Hey. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. so bad. You know, it was like, I kept thinking, like, this, would somebody th- think this was pornographic? Probably. Do I think it's pornographic? No. It's it's a little too. Like they they're telling tales. They they're doing things. It's not just like nudity for nudity's sake. Yeah. Even though there's a ton of it. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, like, uh, like I also just uh, it, like the whole poetry angle stuff. Like I've seen North African movies and some. Militia, well, not militia movies, but like some of the African movies I've seen, like the whole like poet love poetry thing is like a huge part of their culture, and right. the culture of that region, kind of as a whole. And so again, I think that's another thing that might come off as like I don't understand this, like with the um the Nito, um Aziza Aziza story, like with the poetry going back and forth, like that's was it, to me it wasn't that off. Like that's strange to me because I've I've seen enough like North Africa like North, like uh, you know, movies and stuff like where that's where that's kind of a thing, and obsession mm-hmm. with love and poetry and I can see that just being like I don't understand what what what's happening with this weird poetry going back and forth thing. Yeah, the, I mean the structure of the. I feel like I have seen some stuff for this podcast that would remind me of the structure of that story, but it didn't bother me, um, like the way, <laughs> like the way the mainline story was, which is that kid just like everyone who pops into him, like big ladies, old ladies, young ladies, prostitutes, noble women, they're just like, gotta get me some of that. <laughs> he's like, no, no, but I really... He, he doesn't protest. He's like, okay, let's have sex. And then afterwards, oh, my love is missing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, it seems to, like, be both, like... I was, like, pro, like, uh, um, monogamy. But it's, like, very much, like, my one true love. But also, like, celebrating sex and showing that, like, yeah, people are fallible. And, like, sex is just a human experience. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't think, you know, there's no judgment between the two anyways. It's not like... Eh. Yeah, I was really glad uh, when when Ines... Uh, what's her character's name? Uh, Zumarun! Zumarun! <laughs> when she gets kidnapped by that guy and he's like, there's 40 of us and we're all gonna rape you. It's a reference to the 40 Thieves, I assume. Yes, but uh... I was like, thank God she escaped. <laughs> Yeah, she's, uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised they didn't say he's Alibaba, but I guess there might be, like, Oh, that would be weird. Yeah. If that's, like, copywritten because so many people have done it. That's true. 
I, I mean, it's it should be public. Uh, should be like open to a public because the you know the source material's hundred years old. Yeah. But then again, like Disney copyrighted Hakuna Matata, so who knows? <laughs> yep. Right, uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it still has like the the lower class focus stuff, and just I don't know. I I I, I like. I overall find it's it's affable. It's not great. And it's it's, it's more comedy than it is serious in in yeah. most ways. You know. There still has that the kind of the, a bit of a leftist angle to it. It's not nearly as like a political screed. This feels like uh, like Pasolini trying to be like I can make something that's not like attacking the Italian government and religion. And it's like oh, but it's also not as interesting as <laughs> when you're not like directly <laughs> attacking like Italian government and religion. Like wait, okay, take a break from your leftist politics. Why don't you, why don't you do a movie based on like something that already's you know a script or something? All right, I do the Arabian Nights. What? <laughs> Fine, whatever, whatever. I need eighteen penises. Okay, <laughs> get yeah. the cart. Yeah, and uh, uh, I, I I don't know. Like, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Arabian Nights. Uh, I'd say, uh, if you're not into it by like the forty-five minute mark, you can probably <laughs> just stop. Don't worry, you you've still got an hour forty-five or something like that at that point. Yeah, yeah I don't. Um, compared to the other Pasolini ones, it, did, it doesn't feel like it. I'd say it was necessary, but like it, it is very interesting seeing all the the cultural references and uh, the myriad of like different actors that aren't you know i don't know how many of them are actually italian and stuff like that but pretty much like... the main people were italian everyone mm-hmm. else was a non-actor or uh, yeah. like you know a uh, uh, middle eastern actor yeah i hated those children <laughs> those <laughs> kids that were children? following the the ones that are following around the main guy every time something goes wrong and they're like well Turn around and start smacking one of them. They won't follow you anymore. Yeah. yeah and uh, I love seeing the the darker the African uh, African guys with the afros with the hair picks because mm-hmm. because uh, like just a, a remind like well I'm not sure how common this is but, like hair picks has been they have been around for a very long time. It's not like a 70s thing. Like it's like it was a thing in basically in many parts of Africa because that's how you have to take care of that type of hair. And seeing like a, a historical period set film with hair picks is like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize this. Like how happy that would, that, that maybe just to see like that little detail of like showing like, no, this is a thing that's been around for a long time. It's not just like a a fashion thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's the um, in Ghana, I think it's the Asante uh, peoples. I can't remember who it is exactly. They have these this um, astrology system thing. I don't fully get it, but I like some of the symbols. 
and one of the symbols is a hair pick, and it's a symbol for, I believe, cleanliness. Mm. And I've thought about getting a tattoo of that, but I've always been on the fence of it. Well, you don't want to get a tattoo. You go to hell. Yeah, that's true. I, won't, I can't get buried in a Jewish cemetery. Mm. I wondered, uh, <laughs> to go back to the movie, uh, the part where uh, he, what is it? Aziz gets, yeah, he gets punished. And so they like, I'm not going to kill you, but we're going to rip, they're going to rip off his ding dong. And it, like, there's a scene, you know, it's like they're tying a rope around the guy's actual thing and, or who somebody's right. Mm-hmm. And then they pull it and he's like, ah, but it never comes up again. He just goes back and <laughs> he sets up that other guy with a princess or whatever. Like, wait, wait, where did your story go? Where, what? Never mind. I'm looking at the, the uh, Adinkra symbols now, and the hair pick, uh, I can't remember what it's a symbol for, but the hair pick is one of the symbols. <coughs> Alright, uh, the, I, got, I have much else to say. I don't know, I, I'm curious no. about the, the other two Trilogy of Life movies, although apparently... I've heard the Canterbury Tales is the one, is considered the weakest of of the three. Mm-hmm. But well, I mean, yeah. he's, his stuff is interesting, no matter what. That's 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 enough for me to check out. Yeah, and like I think it's pretty clear. Like with Pasolini, I've, I I kind of know is there are two types of people. There are people who are like who are like you. Like it's interesting. Maybe it's not for me necessarily, but it's always interesting. And there's me who is like everything he makes is amazing in some way, and I and, I, and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> yep. And it's it, I I don't really understand with him why there's this thing like it's easy to get obsessed with it, but like, like there's something about Pasolini movies. It's like I don't say I want to say it's like hair one for me, but like it, I get s- such a charge watching his movies. Gives you something to really twist around your brain. Which is why I'm desperate to talk about Pigsty, because uh, I didn't really get it. But I thought it was so good. <laughs> so, tell me what happened. Uh, well, first, Pigsty, would you consider this sci- like science fiction? Which aspect would you consider science fiction in this movie? The, the Hitler uh, aspect. What about Hitler? Who's Hitler? The guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> He's not literally Hitler. He's just like loves. <laughs> he loved Hitler so much. He like looks like him, right? I thought I, my interpretation was it was Hitler. Uh, I'm not sure. Like the the guy who was his friend who shows up later has a name that sounds like Hail Hitler. It's like Heard Heights. Hates like or something like that, um, but I, you know, yeah, it's on the nose the way he looks like it. But I don't. My, I my, think it's just. I saw yeah, you, that whole thing as. Uh, saying that like the fascism has moved into. The, like economic, uh, sector it has, it, it hasn't gone away. It just changed its appearance. 
literally, yeah. Yeah, literally. Like, it's very, it's very subtle and not subtle. And it's just like about like capitalism and about the religion, and then I don't know. Like I, to but to I don't know. I'm just trying to piece it together. Like I loved it, but however, I still just I. I don't know. It's capitalism about the about religion. It's kind of about a whole bunch of things, but it never gives you any any easy answers. There's nothing in this is clear. I mean, it's, it's got this weird philosophical thing going on with the the son who has no interest in anything. You know. Uh, his fiance trying to get information, trying to get him to do something. He's like, no, no, I just, I'd rather imagine I'm flying a kite. And it's like, what, what is wrong with this guy? Well, I guess he wants to have sex with pigs, right? That's that. That was the twist. I or whatever. Think so. Like he stole a pig. You know what happened with it? Like, no, no, I don't. Can you? Can somebody just say it? <laughs> like maybe that was too much for the censors or whatever. Uh, probably. And I'm sure it's not the important part. Like, it, whether or not he did, it's it's the way people talk about things. Like, oh, well, if you don't tell anyone, I won't tell anyone. Okay, we agree. Let's start a business together. Mutual, <laughs> mutually assured destruction. Yeah. Which, like, it, it's... That part just felt... Uh... uh Okay, so basically the structure is you have two stories. You have this post-apocalyptic kind of like retro future thing that uh, some of their costumes look kind of almost like the Fallout colors at times. Mm. Mm. And uh, it's uh, there's no dialogue except for the last five minutes and it's just a phrase. I wrote down the phrase. Uh, I killed my father. Uh, I killed my father. I ate human I, flesh, I, and I quivered with joy. Yes, he refused to kiss the cross too. Yeah, he refused to, to give in to religion, which is why he was. And then that guy gets murdered for not giving in to religion. And well, the guy who did give it to religion also got murdered, but that is true. He a rapist and a murderer, like the. I didn't. I didn't take it as post-apocalyptic. I did think it was weird that they had uh, rifles that had to be like old-style powder reloaded, you know, and uh, spears. Like that. That makes sense. But I thought it was for some reason. I was like, these are happening simultaneously. I don't know if they're going to meet at some point, and they don't. Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> but it could. You know, this this could be um, our young, our fine young cannibal. Is, is following the path of the dad in Teorama, where he's just, like, naked walking to the desert in the end. Yeah, because this was a follow-up to Teorama, and, like, and it feels like a side, se- a side sequel, kind of, mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah. Like, I, he's like, I still have ideas I want to do, but not enough. Oh, I got this other story. Here we go. But yeah. it makes it... I mean, the switching between one that is, like, doing this philosophy and talking about politics without talking about politics 
is confusing. And then when you get, yeah, you get the silent desert, you know, them committing these crimes. It's like, okay, I know what's going on, but I still don't know what's going on. But, yeah, I mean, it works. Yeah, it's basically, well, uh, do you have a preference of which uh, parts, which story you like more? I don't think so. I think I like them. I really liked both of them. Hmm. Did Sarah watch any of it? No, she did not. Okay. Uh, what am I looking <laughs> for? Why? <laughs> I don't know. She's into artsy stuff. Maybe she had some. I yeah. don't know. Ph- philosophical thing. Uh, and it's a, you know a bit of nihilism, except he doesn't. You know when he, when he's in his the kid is in the coma. He's talking about like he's neither alive nor dead. He doesn't make decisions. Yeah, I don't know what's driving him, or uh, not driving him. Yeah, maybe. Wait, oh, 69. Okay, I have an idea. So I think possibly that that character might just be. Uh, uh, like a stand-in for like the the youth student revolt culture, mm. because the parents disapprove of it. Who are the uh, right wingers, and and like he's like this this youth who's like who doesn't want to do anything. He's kind of lazy, and and the fiance, I guess, yeah, uh, she, uh, yeah, uh, she's in Teorama. Uh, and uh, she's French or German? Is she, she your type? Ah, uh, yeah, yes, of course. I I got the feeling because <laughs> she looks a little bit like uh, your favorite actors. Yeah, uh, she was married to Godard at the time, and she kind of looks like Anna Anna Karina. She, mm. and she's kind of like the German Anna Karina, which yeah, is like a little huh. skin, skinnier and yeah, yeah, which looking at her, like that kind of tells me Godard probably has a type because like he is he's went to like the German version of Anna Karina after they broke up of course that's I, I feel like I would follow the same pattern <laughs> like, <laughs> with my part like okay I gotta find another one looks just like and eh, it's not gonna yeah. happen she's in a couple of Godard she's in Weekend uh, the Chinese La Chinese uh, you you want to hear something perverted? Yes. I kind of want to keep watching Godard movies, even though I don't like them. I'm just, like, curious. I'm curious, too. Weekend is the one everyone says uh, I should see. That who yeah. I, I've, I've talked to about it. Okay, and Anna... Uh, no, Anne... Oh, they're both named Anne, too. Okay. Maybe he has a type... Uh, <laughs> Thanks for names too. She was in the Brasson movie with the donkey. That's oh, Ahazard Balthazar. Yes. Yeah, that's supposed to be. Oh, it's Robert Brasson too. Yeah, I gotta watch that immediately. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. Uh, She's a star of that movie. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Okay, uh, Marco uh, Ferrari is the the friend guy who comes uh to uh for the i'm still trying to piece together what like 
uh, pigsty. He's the guy with the weird the weird beard. Who? Yes, vis- the the one who comes to tell him the news that his friend has returned to town. Yes, uh, he's a director, and he's directed. I want to see if he if he directed um, the Laughing Woman or not. Cause I think that might be him. You know, he did a, like a lot of like kind of weird artsy comedy things that Mar- Marco Ferrari. Yes. Let's see. Oh, here's here's a move. Here's a poster with breasts on it. Por- porn to be free. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, not to, not too many movies in his library. What is Love in the City? Oh, multiple yeah. directors. I should have known. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, uh, Pasolini is part of that anthology film that I've been meaning to actually track down for a while. I have to find a title. Uh, Rogo Paji. Uh, yes. Uh, Ro- Rossellini, Godard, Pasolini, uh, Greg- Gregoretti. And the Pasolini segment has Orson Welles uh, as playing a director who's making a movie about the death of Jesus. Uh I wonder if he ever thought about doing that. It's probably just a stand-in for himself. Uh, probably. I mean, it's it, Wells just did anything for money at that point in his career, mm-hmm. which is why he did so much. He did a lot of cool stuff, odd stuff at this point in his career. You mean Orson Welles? <laughs> yes, Orson Welles. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like the middle part of his career. Like in the beginning, he was he was the amazing Orson Welles, the Euro Citizen Kane, and all that stuff like that. But in the later stuff, he was just kind of just bouncing around, trying all kinds of different things. I like it. What about Akatone? The first uh, Pasolini. A pimp with no other means to provide for himself finds his life spiraling spiraling out of control when his prostitute is sent to prison. His prostitute. Yeah, that's uh, Franco Cidi. His Apparently his first starring role. Oh, uh, that's the guy you were talking about for The Godfather. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to rewatch The Godfather. It's, there are other stuff I'd rather watch <laughs> instead. It's a good movie, alright? It's just like, yeah, yeah, I know. It, the last time I saw it was uh, Sarah and I went to the theater that shows uh, older movies on Thursdays, and we saw it projected. And I don't think I need to see it again. You know, maybe on like a huge screen 4K or something like that. But like, it, it, you know, it's it's The Godfather. It is a very solid movie, you know, in most ways. So, like, I don't think I'm going to top actually seeing it in the theater. So. Yeah. <clears throat> maybe maybe if a 3D version comes out with like a 4D effects in the seat. <laughs> yeah. What, what, so will a wine scene have like the smell of like uh, meatball soup? Oh, definitely. Yeah. The the, you get you got the gravy. You know, you got the uh, cigars. A lot of cigars. And uh, Diane Keaton, whatever could, she smells like. You could orange juice. <laughs> Uh, whenever um, there's oranges <laughs> you know, on the scene. thing he puts in his mouth, yeah, yeah, 
Like, no, it smells like it smells like rotting flesh and <laughs> an orange. <laughs> I, I, every time that comes up, I just I can't help it. I think of that stupid scene in Mafia where he puts a piece of watermelon in his mouth. <laughs> okay, that's dumb. <clears throat> uh, all right, so with the uh, okay, so uh, I. What what what's your gut reaction to uh, Pigsty? Like, wh- how do you interpret the experience of what what the movie is? I mean, because I was interested the whole time, which is something I'm I'm becoming less and less when it comes to movies. I don't know where my brain is at, but it's like, okay, I got to move. Whatever's going on, and it could be something super entertaining too but my brain will just disconnect but this i kept coming back like the conversations were interesting you know the whatever these people are talking about you know hitler father and uh, i really like the scene where after the guy is in a coma his fiance and, and the mother are talking about who he is and they both have a completely different idea of who he is it's like you don't get a sense of who the character is. You don't get a sense of what his motivations is are. It's just like at the end, he's a pig fucker that was eaten by pigs, and I don't, I know, it's like a commentary on like, um, what's it called when you when you don't act when you don't uh, pacifism. Not pacifism, because oh, uh, that's like a, a choice. I'm telling you, like true. ambivalence or whatever. That's that's as good as terms. Like I'm not choosing sides. I I just live every day. Okay, yeah, yeah. Pacifism is an active choice, right? It's like don't don't sit on the center. Like I don't know what you guys are doing. Maybe you're yeah. a big fucker. Who knows? Yeah, this is and like, I I I interpret I interpret like the whole pig angle as. Well, first off, pig, uh, like, standard for Jews during World War Two, Like, that's mm-hmm. a common thing. It's uh, even in um, uh, Salon Kitty, the Tintar Brass movie, it, which I think I think it would be an interesting thing to cover. Just, uh, I have an out-of-print Blu-ray. I don't know uh, if it's still fairly cheap. But, uh, there's What's it called? A, uh, Salon Kitty. It's... Um, it's what uh, Caligula was supposed to be. Because when you watch that, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this is clearly like cl- like um, coherent and not just like porn scenes added in for no reason. Well, of course. Yeah. And there's, uh, yeah, but um, there's a scene in a, a slaughterhouse full of pigs and the Nazis are having a good time. And like, you see actual pigs that kill, but it's a slaughterhouse and you see them like, and so, like, so because of Slaughterhouse, like, y- you're not going to waste that, like, at least yeah. I, I'd assume you're not going to waste it, like, th- that doesn't bother as much, like, we talked about, um, the Yodorowsky earlier, and his animal stuff is like, you're not going to eat that afterwards, so why are you doing this? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, but, uh, yeah, so there's a scene with, like, a pig Slaughterhouse, and seeing the Nazis killing pigs, it's like, oh, uh, Okay, I, I get the metaphor here. It's it's very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a metaphor. That's a slap in the face. <laughs> yeah, 
And seeing the pigs in this movie, it seems to be a stand-in for. Uh, I, I saw it as like as as Jews and as and as the stand-in for like the common people. Because the Nazis, like I said earlier, I think it's just the Nazis moved on to changed their appearance. They morphed into something uh, new, and so yeah. like they're so they're like in in that I see I see as a son just like kind of blindly doing what his father is what is doing. Just kind stand of. by, you know. Or maybe I'm full yeah, of shit. They, I don't know. They're still ruling things, but now it's it's business, and now it's under the the guise of alt- altruism for the the people around them. It's like, yep, yeah, and like so, uh, something I, I was thinking about with uh, uh, Pasolini today is like his to me his movies are there's always like really funny moments, and to me it always strikes me as like you could easily say like oh these movies are pretentious and uh this art for art's sake but like i see his movies as he un- like he understood how people would react to like his movies and so there's like mm-hmm. intentionally silly ridiculous things thrown in and like with the, like the and pigsty you have the tralala scene which it might be a reference to something or it might just be like a silly ridiculous thing where but it's like it's no it's knowingly to me it comes off as like it's knowingly like an art film but it's also like yeah but also like it, it, there's some like lighthearted silly things like it's not just like I'm a serious artist like he's there's stuff to break up like the this like the uh idea discussion yeah i you know <clears throat> I feel like the tra-la-la thing was a commentary on the kind of conversations they when they were having because it's like, you know, you're talking about politics and stuff like that. I just don't care. Tra-la-la. You might as well be making up a fun rhyme or something. Tra-la-la. I, <laughs> the tra-la-la I know most is from Labyrinth, which is... Uh, uh, I'm like, why... I can't like did David Bowie see this movie probably uh, or yeah. is it just something that they said like, I'm do pretty people sure actually David... say that <laughs> this feel like something David Bowie would be into yeah he's in definitely. uh he's in a an Oshima movie the World War II one Merry Christmas from Mr. Lawrence yeah and there's a clip of him on a Japanese talk show talking to Oshima about like I think it was he yeah, talked to Oshima about like I loved your movies. I, I like he talked. He named like a couple of them. Like he, he, yeah, he was a culture, culture guy. Uh, like if he was into something, he would make a point to track it down. And yeah, know, this. I feel like he would have been into like Teorama and other stuff like this. Probably. Yeah. What am I looking up? Uh, I just realized. A f- I can't remember. What I was gonna look up now. <laughs> oh man, uh, Slon Kitty from uh, Blue Underground is that the mm-hmm. one you have? Yeah, yeah, it's eighty bucks. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there's it's a rare one. Yeah, there was one at least, likely two. I guess I can think of that can probably. Uh, uh, this here, I found another edition that is uh, from 2010. 
saying also blue underground that one's cheaper hmm. all right yeah that that's been a maybe for me of uh if i'm going to talk about it or not uh what am i looking for oh the vhs tape is on sale for 60 dollars. oh that's that's pretty good that's kind kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> if i can be movie nerd for a second Let's see. It was something about like the Hitler, the Hitler stuff. Uh, oh, another like kind of like taking the piss out of itself moment to me was Hitler playing the harp, which for some reason just made me laugh, and I'm not really sure why it made me laugh. <laughs> it just. Oh it, yeah, no, yeah, him like basically adding the music to the scene as this guy is revealing that he's his old school chum is back under a fake name because he committed all kinds of crimes he also got plastic surgery and they, yeah he's like like that's pretty that was fun it's, it's a funny movie yeah I, I, the only thing I didn't you know I'm not into is, is any rape scenes and at the other side the desert for some reason like he gets people to join him although we don't see that happen and it's like i i it just like i said before it's an escalating thing you know first he kills a guy and then takes like like his armor and stuff like that or he find he finds the armor right and yeah. that that was a cool scene where the, the basically like chasing that guy out into the desert and eventually finishing him off. Yeah. But then cart full of women, I don't know what was going on there. And he's got that buddy that is just like, Hey, it's time for my dingus. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, the, the 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 demon from uh Franco Setti is the rapist. But like uh, I love that guy's face. Like it's so like the the face is like he the casting of of people in his movies is just like he gets like this, the right faces that are just like you don't forget these people. Yeah, he does a good job that way. And a lot of like unique looking people, like it's not like I would mistake one for the other, like different shaped skulls and skin tones and hairstyles and and like even with the women it's it's such a variety but like in my head i'm like i remember what she looks like i remember what that person looks like that's that's crazy yeah. good casting like you can always recognize the nito cuz you want to see a poof of hair it's like oh it's him again mhm it's a very unique guy what was that guy <laughs> okay there's another thing i didn't under that that's actually where the story ties together right Ninito. The uh, yeah. Ninito. Oh yeah, yeah, he does show up at the end. Because he's he's like a servant for their family, and there's one time where he like says hi to the the dude who's in a coma. That's Pierre Clemente. Yeah. Um, and then I'm pretty sure he witnesses the person whose wife like they just randomly behead her yeah and he runs and tells the authorities and he's like there being like what oh yeah yeah uh 
unknown time period and unknown land. Also, the guys that were in the bell tower just jamming with the flute. <laughs> like, this is the best day I've had in a while. Yeah, and it's like the, the whole set design in like aesthetic of not even set design, like just like the 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 volcanic desert wherever they were, maybe Mount Etna. I'm not hundred percent where they were, but like yeah. it it just it looks it looks like beautiful and apocalyptic and like I I want to I want to physically go there. And yeah. just walk around, take pictures, but uh, I'm I'm sure it's probably more dangerous than. Well, it depends. I think I'm not sure if it's active volcano or not, but. Uh, yeah, that was. I mean, that was cool with the the smoke rising off the. That part. I keep thinking about the buildings, and like imagining touching the stone, and these things that are like old, older than anything in this country. Um, the scene where this is—I think this is from *Arabian Nights*, where the guy takes over the garden, and we get the two story, the two stories from the uh, uh, beggar guys. Yeah, the the demon story, which I forgot to bring up. My favorite, like, part of the demon story, is just mm-hmm. the finale of like the the choice of like kill them and, and you get to live. And then he's like, and the demon just decides, well, you didn't kill her, so I'm going to do it for you. And then he just cuts her up, and it's like, Jesus Christ, this is far more violent than I remembered. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty gnarly. Uh, n- not unexpected. <laughs> no. But it was, I, I did like him walking around with those shoes. Do you know whose shoes these are? <laughs> like, like uh, how powerful is this demon guy? Yeah, and like it does such a good job of like all, all you hear is all she says is oh uh, well he 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 goes to like the little hutch thing in the desert uh has sex with her and she's like oh there's a demon who traps me here and he's like who fucking cares I can fight that demon and then you see a demon and you're like oh shit <laughs> never mind yeah yep gotta go. There were two. That was the connection between those stories because both of them had like this door in the ground that they discovered. Oh yeah. yeah Interesting but, um, concept. Yeah, and I like that at one point, um, uh, in the desert segment of Pigsty, you see a rainbow. And and they just like really emphasize like showing you the rainbow, and it's like. It's just like it's just beautiful. Like there are just so many parts with like the editing, where uh, when Hitler's playing the harp, and the guy uh, Marco Freire uh, is about to tell him the truth about his son and the pigs, you get this harsh oh cut gosh. to an explosion, and it's like this genuine jump scare. And it's like, oh, that that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's filmmaking. And then there's the part where I wrote down like volcano plumes they throw the head in a vent and then they cut to a fire and it's like oh that that like it's a simple stuff like that just like blew me away mm. it is cool uh, I'm I'm talked out on pigsty okay. but I still 
I feel like I I need to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you probably you answered this already. Are you open to more um, Pasolini? Even though we're only going to do the one more. Uh, what what about the one we're going to do? Are you are you are you going to watch more Pasolini? Oh, after the one we're going to do, yeah. um, I, I eventually am going to watch Sallow. And, I mean, all these things look like uh, Canterbury Tales, if I can get that. Um, oh, I definitely want to watch Oedipus Rex, because I was thinking about that story for some random reason. And I'm like, there must be a movie adaptation. I'm like, oh, of course. Pasolini. <laughs> Why yeah. not? Who else would? And I first, uh, well, since we're wrapping up, basically, I want to say if you're listening to this and you haven't seen any Pasolini, um, well, well, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. Joel, you you aren't as like obsessive and like uh fan, like fanatical of Pasolini. Like, what what what's the good starting point of the ones you've seen? I think. I think Teo Rama was the perfect movie to start. You know, I, I walked away with that with, like, ah, this is weird. Like, what is going... Look, I don't know what the tone is, and I was confused, but the more I thought about it, I was like, no, that's... I mean, it's comedic on purpose, but it's also... Yeah, that's that's a message movie. And, it, like, beautifully shot. Uh, so that one, I, I think, is a perfect start. Uh, Mama Roma is really good too, but like I said, that feels like he was imitating almost the kind of directing that was going on around him for that particular movie. Yeah, the the Akatome I haven't seen, but like the first few are like standard, quote unquote, normal movies, and then he pretty quickly was like, I, "I'm bored of this. I don't want to do this," and mm-hmm. made you know like. Like I don't want to say intellectually thrilling art art movies, but they are intellectually thrilling movies. Yep. And I, that's not, I I don't I don't know how else to really describe Pasolini besides it's just like it, it's Pasolini. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth. I think it's definitely worth checking out. Just be prepared for sex, sex, and more sex for some. <laughs> like if you try to dig further into it. Yeah. And we're not going to get into the his murder. It's what I watch the rated X movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, this week I, I'm I have a break from school, so I actually might watch the Abel Ferreira movie finally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think height-wise, Willem Dafoe is a good fit because Pasolini was uh, Spike Lee height. Uh, Satan. Oh, he's a no. That's a short man. Yes, right? Spike, Spike Lee is five six. Um, I think that Willem Dafoe is taller than that. Oh, I thought he was like around the Spike Lee height. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually Google this here. Uh, how tall is uh, Tom Hollard, Kevin Hart, Zendaya, Putin? <laughs> None of those. Oh. Uh, Willem. Willem Afton. These are who are these people? 
Uh, he's 5'9". He's the same height as me. Are you calling me short? Oh. I thought... Okay, no. I thought he was, like, <laughs> spikely height for some reason. Let's see. Alfred Molina, 6'2". Why do I need this? Mm. Pasolini. Yeah, Pasolini was 5'6". Close enough. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not... He's still taller than Roman Polanski. Mm. Cause I remember, like, yeah, I, I remember, like, on the you must remember this. They said, like, oh, Prince was so short, and I'm like, what? He was average height because sometimes short means average height. It's like, oh, he was like five two. Exactly what was short is short. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't consider myself to be tall in any sense of the word. Like, I, my friends all grew up slightly taller than me, and some of them very much taller than me. But I don't, you know, five nine. I think that is kind of like the average height, so I'll, I'll be satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> I'm attracted to very short women, so this <laughs> mm. it works for me, yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, you, you would like wrestlers, because at the wrestling, what, a lot of women wrestlers are tend to be like on the shorter side, I've noticed. At least uh, when I, I went to the wrestling show, most of them were like, around like five foot to five two yeah. which uh, and, makes and make at, the, at the intermission part it was crazy because like you see them on, at the ring they're elevated they seem like gladiator superheroes and then i go to the booth to look to talk to them and it's like oh like you're i'm taller than like most of the wrestlers here <laughs> i'm gonna pick you up no they could pick me up of course I don't think, uh, I think that the shorter body suits it better than, like, a. I think a tall person you could probably really hurt in a way that uh, shorter limbs can just, like, roll into a ball or something like that for falling and whatever they do. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, that does make, check out. Okay, so, uh, one <laughs> All thing. All right, I'll uh, take it. I wanted to talk about briefly was... Sam Deegan, former guest, future guest. She, her sec, second book, The Legacy of World War II in European Art House Cinema, came out uh, a year, almost a year ago. And she has multiple, well, at least one chapter on Pasolini. I'm going to go to it. I pre-ordered the book once it was available pre-order. Uh, chapter 7 Pasolini, Salo, and Nazi exploitation, mm-hmm. and this whole chapter is just about those two things. And there's a chapter on uh, the Czech World War II movies, and basically, art, uh, the criteria for the book is uh, as long uh, no dad movies. So none of the, like the British World War II rah 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 movies. It's yeah. it's all the uh, uh, sleazy shit or the like artsy stuff. But it's but 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 I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's an article on where is it? Where is it? Uh, Diablic magazine. Um, on uh, uh, Pixie. I did. I read the first paragraph and then I decided I don't want that to influence my uh, this my uh, opinion of the of the of the movie 
when we <clears> record. <throat> but it's by Jerome uh, Ruder, writer. I'm actually Facebook friends with them. We have similar tastes in music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do, actually. Uh, he's like the only other person I've met who's into the band Dissection. And, oh, but I believe I, you. But Dissection, they're... they're not great stuff about them, but the main guy killed himself a, a while ago, so... Uh, God, I, I'm stepping in the weeds. He committed a, a hate crime in the 90s and uh, went to prison for it, and then he kind of couldn't... That fucked up his music career, and then other stuff happened, and he killed himself. Man. Yeah, but he still committed like a, a, like a double hate crime against a, a, an African gay man. Yeah, it's... There's a lot of stuff with that band that's not great. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 black metal. Yeah, you can you can expect that from it. Anyway, uh, Jerome wrote a piece called "Reflections of an Artist: Consumerism, Complacency, and Catholicism" in Pasolini's uh, 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 pigsty. I have to read that. Sorry, coffee. Oh. Yeah. What complacency yeah, is the word? Send me the link for that. Okay. What complacency is the word you're trying to think of? Complacency. Yep. That is the word I was like. Okay. Are you going to die? Probably. Okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. <clears throat> all right. And. Am I going to die? We're all going to die. Come on. That's true. <laughs> you just meant right now. Yeah, and the thing, and one of the things with like Arabian Nights, I found is like no one has written about it, or like, or the trilogy of life kind of as a whole. They kind of focus on Pasolini's negative um, view of humanity stuff. Yeah, which I don't know. Uh, may, maybe the the trilogy of life is the weakest stuff, but and uh, hasn't and Pixar there wasn't that I couldn't find a whole lot, lot of writing on either. It's pretty much Sallow and Teorama are the major things. I mean, how available is Pigsty? Uh, Let's see. Pigsty. I'm looking, I'm looking at Blu-ray.com to see. I f- there has to be like at least a foreign release of it. Let <clears throat> me like, how did you get it? Okay, let's see. Release. Yeah, nothing. Okay. No, nothing recent or or anything DVD wise. Yeah, and um, yeah. Uh, well, uh, there's a f- couple of them that are kind of hard to find in the short films. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who who has the rights to that stuff because he didn't die. He wasn't married or had children when he died. So who knows? Uh, yeah. but the rights issues with some of the other things. But uh, it's yeah, probably just some guy. Yeah, or maybe Nanito has the rights because Nanito's still alive. Could be. Yeah. Okay. So Eureka Entertainment is the person who, or the people that released a version. It didn't come to the U.S. until 2010. Hmm. But uh, it must be something that was sold out and never released again, or something. Because, like I said, there's no sign of it on blu-ray.com and they usually have a pretty good record of like media releases okay yeah uh yeah uh, the trilogy of life has a criterion blu-ray that i've been on the fence of about getting for a while that 
maybe I might actually get it uh, in the next sale, possibly. And um, uh, you can find some of them on YouTube. Uh, what subtitles? Sometimes, not always. That's kind of the annoying thing. Yep. Oh, okay. Language thing I forgot to mention. In Pigsty, there's a weird mix of German and Italian with the the Hitler segments. Yep. And it was it was kind of throwing me off because I I know a little bit of German. I can follow very basic German, but I'd, they'd be speaking Italian, which I. Which, it's romance language, so I can some of it I can follow, and then they suddenly switch to German for a bit. It's like, what's what's happening? This is like confu. This is confusing, like the language part of my brain in a way that nothing has in a very long time. It's a test. You yeah. got to be this this intelligent to get this movie, which means I failed. Yeah, <laughs> I failed too, but the. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, there's other Pasolini movies out there that are easily available, and that's uh, what that's what you know. I want people, the people to know that uh, you know, his stuff is great. It's not inaccessible, like a weird like uh, foreign art film shtick. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 very cold and distant, but there's like a like th- th- it's funny and engaging and will just make you think about. You know, politics and religion and life in ways you probably didn't consider, or maybe did consider. But uh, you know, if if you if you're on the fence with it, just you know, Teorama. If that's not your jam, maybe don't don't go any further. Mm-hmm. And we're we're gonna skip the um, uh, recommendations at the end of this thing. So, oh no, I'd I'd like to recommend another movie where somebody has sex with a pig. It's called No, I'm just kidding. I don't I don't have one. I'll tell you what what it naturally made me think of, which is mm-hmm. uh, Hannibal with the whole uh, pig thing, and I mean the TV show, which is still my favorite TV show huh? that I've seen. It it uses pigs excellent, and of course, uh, the, you know the the movie with um. What is that actress's name? I always forget. Mm-hmm. The one that took over for Jodie Foster in Hannibal. Oh, the, the redhead. Yes. Um, wow. Boogie Nights. I can't remember her name now. That's what her name is, Boogie Nights. <laughs> I'm looking it up. I feel really bad. There are just some some people's names that do not stick into my oh, brain. Oh, like Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, maybe it's a, like I have a blindness for the Boogie Nights because another actor whose name I never remember is uh, <laughs> Thomas Jane, Don Cheadle. For some reason, mm-hmm. it like just slips out of my brain. I'm like you know, uh, War Machine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know it starts with a D. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, and pick a. Uh, 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 Oh, so a, a triple feature of Pigsty that I thought would be really fascinating and would work. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre original. And uh, uh, Hyenas, the Mabetti uh, the, uh, movie. Mm. Which are all kind of have like 
desert, open spaces, wasteland type spaces. Not that Senegal's a wasteland, as a desert. But it's like a big, you know, empty space. It's uh, very... They're all, they're all leftists. They all have um, shocking violence. Hyenas has that at the, at the, at the end. But... Uh, yeah. Sounds like a movie that I will look at. Do, do any animals get mutilated? In hyenas? Yes. No. I, that, that was one that you guys covered that I was not on the episode for. Uh, you were on it, just uh, you ordered a disc or something that didn't work. That's right. And there's a Blu-ray out now through Kino that I ordered. Even though I, I already have the DVD from some other company of that movie. <laughs> No, I think, you know, it's important to support those African films anyways. Yeah. Because there's so little of them. Well, so little that, could, that make it out of Africa, most of them just never leave the continent. They have yeah, their own, like, I'm sorry. their own Oscars. And most of those movies just never leave the continent, period. Mm-hmm. Probably torrenting, I can find them, but I can't torrent. <gasps> That's sin. Yeah, uh, unless the government will crack down on you. Unless Criterion and Kino want to double the Kino's been pretty good with it, but if uh, if you know uh, if the Blu-ray people run out of like uh, culty horror movies, they can probably go through you know many African countries and find a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I doubt they will anytime soon, but they they might. Yeah. Anyway, so. Uh, this uh, uh, this will be the first episode in a while, and then there might be. I want to record a couple more after this before we get to regular releasing. So the first episode coming out after this will probably be Breathless remake. That's the what I'm shooting for. Get ready for that. In fact, go to go to Tubi and watch it. Yeah, I think it's on Tubi, right? Ah, uh, yes, Tubi. And, um, I know you might be shocked by our opinion of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it depends. Like, if you don't see it, you'll definitely be shocked by what the hell we're talking about. Because it's got a stink reputation. Not to give it away. But, uh, watch it. (laughs) That's what I say. Yeah. Speaking of penis, Richard Gere's penis. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I uh, think that uh, he teases that in some other movies, but this time it's just, hey, check it out. Yeah. And the lead from Zulowski's uh, The Public Woman, uh, Valerie, is it, I forgot her name. The, she's a French uh, woman in it. She's That's like the only big movie I know her from is the Zulowski movie. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, that and uh, I don't know, other stuff will be out for then. Are you going to be on uh, on any other shows or anything? No, I, I never. I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm shy. I'm shy. Somebody has to like ask me or or something like that. That's which is terrible. That's not the way to get on other shows. But you know, I've got. I've got the. Uh, <laughs> I forgot the name of our podcast. 
the uh, indiscri- uh, Arbitrary Indiscriminate Movie Podcast. Sorry. I do remember the name. Uh, Spencer and I do that. And someone oh, else. Wow. I just got some really good spam oh. that says uh, your premium membership for Men for Sex Now has been. Yeah, I'm going to put that in the junk folder. Yeah. <laughs> You forgot the most important person on uh, the other show. Uh, yes, we always leave a microphone open for the Lord. Oh, uh, you mean for... What's the Jewish thing? Is it is Ezekiel they it's leave a chair open for? No, no, it's for... Um, I, mm, I don't think it's Isaiah. Maybe? I can't no, remember. it's not Isaiah either. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Leave a chair open for the other prophet that is really big from the Old Testament. Anyway, that's a mo- that arbitrary indiscriminate movie podcast with me, Spencer, and Plastic Werewolf, a.k.a. Melanie. Uh, talk about movies that are basically randomly picked. There are some aspects that we have some direction in. But most of the time, it's just random crap. So this the series that'll be going on when this gets released, it's at, just after the David Spade series. The first movie we're tackling is a 1930s movie called Hellbound Train, and it's one of the one of the first like African American produced and and filmed, and it just happens to be. What what is the religion? Do you remember the religious uh, domination? Or? Domination. Domination. Something. <laughs> yeah, something evangelical. I can't remember yes. which. Either way, it's it's all about the different ways you're gonna go to hell, and it's it just just like uh, it's better than Arabian ben- Nights. If, <laughs> it feels long. Yeah, it's better than bench warmers. Oh my god. <laughs> It's. I mean, that's Bench Warmers isn't the worst movie I've ever seen because I've I've watched movies that made me angry. <laughs> like, you just wasted my fucking life. <laughs> Bench yeah. Warmers is. That's the worst yeah. movie I've seen in quite some time. Yeah. No, uh, Hellbound Train is much better than that, in my opinion. It, it it's better than. Yeah. A- anyways, it, it, that's on Criterion. Um, and I'm going to tell the next one here, even though I haven't done a podcast because I don't know when this is coming out. But the movie after that, and this is how you know it's random, is a 1953 movie, mm-hmm. I want to say, called Money from Home, starring Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. And uh, none, I don't think any of us have any experience with that particular comedy, and you can't see the quotation marks, uh, duo. But, you know, we, we just kind of like have fun talking about it and going off on many tangents. It's not serious like this co- this podcast, no. which is only for serious people. Yeah, and uh, I watched a movie already. It's I don't know. You did? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Oh, really? Don't set my expect it, expectations. It's not. Is it better than Borch Warmers? Yeah, it, it's <laughs> funny to mention Warmers. <laughs> okay, typically normal. Yeah, just a just a hardcore sex scene in the middle of this Dean Martin. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Lewis comedy. No, don't don't set your expectations for that. But uh, arbitrary and discriminate movie podcast is available on all the usual places. 
and uh, we have a Patreon for that. Uh, for a single dollar, you can hear the special episodes we record where we actually pick the movies four at a time for the series. And coming soon to that, we're going to be doing a little reality TV talk because it's... I think I find it fascinating. Spencer is already on the train, and see, yes. I don't know how, how deep Mel is, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about that. Yeah, we're going to record that one relatively soon, uh, as of, hopefully, as of this recording. Yeah. Yeah. And Anyways. I'll, yeah, I'll be on Movies from Hell. Well, I'm going to record one next week on... Nice. Uh, Wakamatsu, he made some Pinku films, and I'm looking for the exact message of what, of how uh, Bradley described it. Thing is, I like it's uh, lots of sex, politics, and ropes, or something like that. Mm. Sex, politics, and ropes. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's like kind of like where's another thing? Uh, it's nihilistic, political, sexual. It's it's the Pinku films. They're they're like, like I'll get into it there. It some people call I mean, it. Some people say it's porno, but it's like it's it's not like. It's not jerkable to quote John Waters, so I don't really <laughs> see them as like as pornography like that. It's 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 violent softcore, which is not yeah, not in my opinion, not a sexy thing, right? Uh, for it, it's such a weird subgenre slash movement. It it really depends, yeah. but the ones I've seen yeah. haven't really been like sexy. They've always been like more interesting. <laughs> John Waters. That's awesome. That's how you. That's how you describe Russ Meyer. It's like it's not jerkable, so it's not poor. <laughs> which yeah, I, I which I I agree with his definition. He's a pervert. He would know. Hmm. Uh, but he won't be interested in Russ Meyer movies sexually to begin with, though. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, movies from hell. Wakamatsu. Uh oh, he produced the Osha movie, the the sex one. With the uh, 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 unsimulated sex between the two lead actors, mm. they have multiple scenes. There's a, a bunch of scenes of them fucking, and there's a scene of uh, the guy putting a, a an egg inside her. Oh, okay. So like Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, <laughs> kind of like a jade egg. Oh no, like a hard boiled egg. I think. Oh, okay. Oh, like uh, okay, so he like was gonna fill it with confetti. <laughs> Comes out of her bar. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Spencer. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll yeah, so I'll record that and that's only stuff coming up now, actually. Yeah, so that's it. And uh yeah. I, st- I still have egg trauma from Tam Popo, so <laughs> I don't know. Oh no, you see the egg get inserted. It, no cutaways, and it's 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 actually the actress, and it's like, huh? I never thought I'd see this in a like a, a sequel to Death Laid an Egg. Uh, yeah. Surprised. Uh, uh, I don't know. Shut it down. We'll we will be back in the future at some point. Coming soon. Two years. Ready to stop? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
The show can be found on Twitter at PianoPlayerPod. Our email is still HighLowPod at gmail.com. You can find a show on Spotify, Podbean, and various other places where you can find podcasts. Our intro music is by Vivian Fop, and our cover art is by Sarah Roberts. You can find her art at SarahKathleenRoberts.com, and thank you for listening.